Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Offsite Construction Expo, sponsored by the Modular Building Institute. Visit OffsiteConstructionExpo.com today to join industry speakers, exhibitors, and attendees for the next virtual expo of 2020, this time aimed at Eastern Canada and the Northeastern U.S. on October 21st. Now anyone can attend for only $199. Register today at OffsiteConstructionExpo.com. Welcome everyone. My name is John McMullen and I'm the marketing director here at MBI. Today I'm joined by John Hannes Bacagna, MBI's government affairs director. John's here today to catch us all up on MBI's efforts to support modular construction around the country. John, thanks for being on today. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. So uh, tell me about yourself. What's, what's your background? So uh, prior to coming to MBI, I spent about 21 years in the government affairs industry working for a Fortune 30 company in corporate law and managed the uh, local, state, and federal government affairs for the Mid-Atlantic region. Uh, So a long history of uh, working in that environment and trying to do what's best to make sure the industry that we're in has the ability to excel. Excellent. So so generally speaking, what's what's the importance of government affairs uh, here at MBI? So here at MBI, it's kind of two facets. Uh, One is making sure that we take care of issues that arise with our members, uh, which will always be a priority to us, such as uh, delays in plan approval, uh, working with code officials that may be misinterpreting the codes, uh, and just making sure that we have relationships with those code officials and those regulatory entities so that when our members do have an issue, we're able to step in and kind of be that mediator uh, to resolve the problem as quickly as we can. Gotcha. And and I know you're doing a lot of work internally. Tell me about uh, MBI's Government Affairs Committee, which you which you chair here as a staff member. Who's on that and what purpose does it serve? So we have uh, 17 committee members uh, that are from you know all parts of the industry, whether it's relocatable, permanent modular construction. And they serve as, as a sounding board for us to not only discuss ideas that we may want to explore as far as being proactive and uh, what barriers that they're seeing in the marketplace that we need to address and remove, or things that we may want to explore in being proactive and opening up more opportunities for our industry. So get me caught up. What's been going on? Well, you know, as you know, with the year we've had in 2020, uh, COVID-19 was certainly front and center. And fortunately for us that we had some things in place that we'd put together prior to COVID-19 hitting that really helped us promote our industry through COVID-19 and what our industry was able to offer during the pandemic. Uh, Part of that was with our phone to action uh, system that allowed members to reach over 300 local, city, state, federal officials by being able to reach out directly to them and and involve them and let them know about what opportunities they had to serve, whether it was with testing facilities, you know, building makeshift structures during the pandemic, that type of thing. Um, Also, we have a partnership with the National Governors Association. So that allowed us to reach out to literally every governor, as well as every provincial premier to let them know what our industry was able to do and and steer them to our crisis response page uh, to help them with resources as they they were dealing with the pandemic. Very nice. Very nice. And that's so that really gives us a a government affairs reach really almost across North America, all the U.S., Canada, uh, dealing with issues for for a lot a lot of our members. 
Um, what, what else has been going on? I know there's a lot been going on in New York. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, we are very fortunate this year that we hired a, an actual New York lobbyist to be on the ground uh, in Albany to make sure that we were uh, protecting the industry uh, in, a, in a state that is very highly regulated. And uh, what we were able to accomplish this year was there were three bills that were presented. Uh, one was actually from Mayor de Blasio uh, in New York City, all of which would have prevented the industry uh, from doing business as usual. They would have been required to use union workers on any projects in New York and also brings in the prevailing wage issue. And so uh, during the extended session when they came back, uh, you know, because of COVID-19 mainly, but they were also taking up 100 bills that they were going to vote on, we were able to prevent all three of those bills from being uh, brought to the floor for a vote. And we continue to work with our lobbyists uh, as we prepare for the election to see if those bill sponsors are reelected. And if so, what steps are we going to be prepared to take to make sure we defeat them again in the next session if needed? Gotcha. And, and uh, speaking of lobbying firms, I know we have one in D.C. Correct. Uh, we have a D.C. lobbying firm that's done a great job for us. They help us not only meet with members of Congress. So pre-COVID, uh, our executive director, Tom Hardiman, and I went up to D.C., had t- had 10 meetings with members of Congress that oversee uh, FEMA as well as HUD. Uh, so there are a lot of HUD grants uh, that are available to our industry for affordable housing. And so we were able to educate them in our industry and also ask for their support uh, as we're starting to build those relationships as well as them developing relationships for us directly with leadership at FEMA and HUD. Gotcha. And, and, and speaking of federal uh, uh, level stuff. I know we work a lot uh, with our Canadian friends. Uh, CMHC, we've made a lot of, a lot of progress with uh, lately. Can you can you tell me about that? Absolutely. So when I came on board in 2018, CMHC would not even finance any modular projects. Uh, so we were able to first and foremost get that removed to where they would finance them. And we found out once they started financing them, they needed a little more guidance on how to finance a modular project because our members need the money on the front end. So as a a segue from what we've done with Fannie Mae here in the U.S. to where we removed some underwriting barriers with Fannie Mae and they just published a underwriting toolkit that we worked with uh, NIBS, uh, National Institute of Building Sciences, to write this guideline at their request so that all of their lenders at Fannie Mae now have a guideline to how to finance modular. We've shared that with CMHC and just got an email actually this morning that we're setting up a follow-up call as they had asked for some time to deal with COVID uh, that they want to jump back in and get this adopted as quickly as possible with their own guidelines of financing modular. So we have a committee. We have you on the ground. We have uh, lobbying uh, firms doing workforce. Tell me about the, the town hall calls that you host throughout the year. What purpose do they serve and what, what gets accomplished through those? Sure. So this year we've had five town halls, uh, New York, Arizona, Massachusetts, California, and Texas. And so with those calls, it helps us not only build our relationship with those that are regulating our industry, but it also gives our members an opportunity to have a voice directly with the leadership and with the inspectors they work with on a daily basis or a regular basis to talk about whether it's issues they're having in delays with plan review or issues they may be having with certain guidelines uh, to try to you know, and be a partner with them and get changes uh, needed. So for example, last year we passed a law in Texas 
that removed a four-story height restriction on modular construction, worked with the department to make sure that they had time to implement it. Uh, we've also worked with them that they now do virtual inspections in Texas. Similar to Arizona, Arizona updated their current codes from 2009 to the 2018 codes, which the 2018 codes include a portion that's specific to our relocatable uh, structure members, so it makes it easier for them. Uh, they also implemented new guidelines for doing virtual inspections and also added more employees to get plan approvals done more quickly. So those types of town halls are just invaluable to us and to the industry as they have those opportunities to have those intimate discussions and build those relationships. Gotcha. Uh, speaking of uh, relationships, I'm glad you said that word. It's a nice segue. There's a, there's a future congressman coming into New York to bring us back to New York. Uh, Richie Torres, I believe his name is. Uh, so you've reached out to him. We've got a, a meeting scheduled or a call. Yes. Yeah, so our lobbyist in New York City, um, she's well connected at many levels. And so Mr. Torres, uh, who is soon to be elected, uh, he's coming out of the Bronx District. And we actually have a call today with him uh, and his chief of staff that uh, we're going to talk about because he was a city councilman in the Bronx very passionate about affordable housing, uh, very passionate about making sure he's doing the best for his constituency. And so as our lobbyist was telling him about our industry and the things we're able to do, we're able to build faster, uh, more efficiently, you know, less waste. He was very interested in learning more. So we have a call with him today, a Zoom call, and then we're planning to also set up a, a tour for him to tour one of our member facilities and meet with one of our board members to actually see it in process so that when he gets to Congress, uh, he plans to be on the ha housing committee so that he'll be an advocate for our industry once he gets uh, to Washington, D.C. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Uh, and one last thing I wanted to touch on, uh, since really your role here touches the, the whole membership, uh, th there's a way for the membership really to support you through our SEALS program. And I was wondering if you could just touch on the SEALS program, what that is, and, and how, it, how it helps us. Sure. So the, the SEALS program has been around a long time. And, uh, and what, what that is, is essentially each uh, member committing to, for every module they build, to buy a SEAL and put on there, which 100% of the, that income goes to supporting our government affairs efforts. So the reason we've had opportunities to hire lobbyists in D.C., to hire lobbyists in New York City, to join as a member of the National Governors Association is because of those funds um, uh, particularly and also through uh, what has been budgeted for government affairs. But if we didn't have the SEALs income, we wouldn't be able to do those um, things that we need to do to not only protect the industry, but also proactively removing barriers. You know, one of the things I wanted to, to mention that, that I forgot to on our DC lobbyists, you know, through COVID, they're out there uh, supporting things like uh, the payroll protection plan. To, you know, even though we're kind of in this, uh, you know, waiting period to see what Congress is going to do for future assistance, but we know that's important to our members. And so they're pushing to get that reinstated and also to increase the levels of how much they'll consider an automatic waiver that won't have to be repaid. Uh, so they're working on the ground for us, uh, keeping us informed, and, and I'm working directly with them on a regular basis to make sure they're focused on efforts that are going to directly impact our industry, impact our members, 
and make sure that we're eliminating any areas that could be of, of issue, but also opening up new windows like with FEMA and HUD. Gotcha. Uh, well, uh, thanks so much, John. I know government affairs is one of the most important services MBI offers. Uh, it's been great to get caught up on everything that's been going on. Uh, we should definitely do this again. Yeah. Thanks, John. appreciate it. My name is John McMullen. This has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.